Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast, and let's talk about toxic culture, cold weather, and my quote-unquote eye-opening trip to Seattle. Roll it! Thank God I was able to handle trauma well in my youth. I was never the kind of guy that when someone screwed me over, I took it personally. I was just like, all right, you're being an asshole. I just forget about it. And then when I see you again, I'll be like, nah, not this time. I don't need revenge. That's the thing about being toxic. You know what toxic is? That behavior, it's rooted in getting back at somebody. That's what toxic is. Whenever I hang out with someone and they start acting toxic, I just want to ask them, like, who fucked you over? Let's talk about this person. Who screwed you over? For real, who broke your heart? Who stole your wallet? Who did this to you? I was hanging out with someone there right off the bat, just getting angry, just snapping back. And it's just, what are you doing? Who are you hanging out with that makes you think it's okay to talk to someone like this? And that's what's wrong with relationships in Miami. It's that Latina flavor, that Latino flavor. Very emotional, very controlling, very, you owe me. Don't forget, I'm not going to forget. You owe me. Fuck you. You know what I'm talking about. Toxic people in Miami. Yeah, oh, you know they're everywhere. And you know what's the worst thing? You ever seen a toxic old person? Oh, my God. Toxic old people, especially Latino toxic old people, the worst. Like when someone's grandma starts talking shit, be like, Abuela, ¿qué te pasó? A mí no me importa nada de eso. Why are you talking shit about this person? I don't like, uh, I don't like dwelling in emotions to the point where it's like it's my reality. I'm mad, so now I'm going to be mad for the rest of the month. Why do you think we're so shady in Miami? Because everyone here is toxic. Everyone's got screwed over one way or another. You know, it's one thing that's always a red flag when there's a pretty girl being very nice to me. That, like when some girl's, hey, how are you? Everything okay? I was just like, everything's fine. Let me, I still got my wallet. Where's my phone? I always think she's up to something. Pretty girls aren't nice. You got to chat them up. You got to make them feel like you're the one trying to be their friend. But when they want to be your friend right off the bat, hey, how's your day going? I just get repulsive. This is weird. Why are you nice? That's my toxic trait. Shout out to the cold weather. Shout out to the government official that allowed the Miami weather to, to dip tonight. I really appreciate it. A lot of stoners out there believe that the weather's controlled by the government. And you know what? Yesterday was hot and humid. And today it dipped and it's cold. It's like almost in the mid-60s. Somebody somewhere flipped the switch over at DeSantis office and was like, you know what? Let's make it cold on a Tuesday. So now we can go into our closet and we can pull out that jacket or sweater that we've always wanted to wear. You know that one. That one you bought that one time when it was cold in Miami. You go somewhere, you see a jacket, you're like, ooh, I'm going to wear that. And that shit happened back in 2011. So now you look back, you're like, oh, it's cold outside again. And you look into your closet and way in the back, there's that one hoodie you bought that one time. And then you try putting it on doesn't even look like a hoodie anymore. It's, it looks like a bodysuit. The way it wraps around you, you're trying to zip it up. doesn't even go up all the way. You can't even open up your chest. You like, it's, it's hard on your chest. You can't breathe right. You try to put the hoodie on. It only goes like halfway up the top of your head. I got a denim jacket that ran me like $200. I've only worn that thing like twice. It's brand new. It's, it upsets me to think that here in Miami, people are so fashionable that when it, when it gets cold, Everyone looks good in Miami until it gets cold because then you just start wearing some old shit that you haven't worn in years. It doesn't fit right. You either gain more muscle, gain more weight. Something happened, but for some reason, Miami warm clothes just don't fit well. Guess whose clothes fits well? The people that moved to Miami. For some reason, they thought it was okay to pack all their sweaters and hoodies into the bag 
And now they're walking up and down Brickle looking amazing. See, we've got the boat shoes. We've got the shorts. We've got the nice shirt, the button up with the floral shit. And then they're pulling up with jeans and boots and all that. We don't need that. We don't need that of walking up and down our streets. But when it gets nippy out and you've got like that nice designer jacket, that Nike hoodie, that's like limited edition. And then you've got the Tim boots on top of that. Ooh, you're winning. Only for today will we allow you to win this fashion competition that we have, New Yorker. Okay? Dead ass. What city is haunted? Seattle? No, it's not. Unless you're talking about the woke movement. It's haunted by woke people. I got nothing against them. I get it. But they make themselves easily spottable. That's the problem with the people behind the woke movement. You guys put yourselves out there to the point where I can look across the street in, inside of a restaurant and I can point you out. You're calling too much attention to yourself to the point where, like, people see you and then they judge you. Bigoted people who are prejudiced, they're hidden. You don't know someone's racist until, like, they say something racist, right? They're undercover in society. You don't know they're there until they show up. When you're woke, it's, oh, look, way over there. There's one right there. You guys are, like, you got to be tactful. You got to have strategy. You got to hide amongst the people. And then when someone says something you don't like, that's when your wokeness comes out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I think big girls are empowered. Yes. Huh? I think men can have babies. Yes. Oh, I didn't see this coming at all. You believe in that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. But that's the problem, man. Like, you go to a city that's woke, like, immediately. They just got to let you know. I don't even know this person, and I know more about your values than I've ever with anyone. Ever. You know what I'm saying? If you meet somebody at a coffee shop, you have a conversation. Oh, yeah, I got a feel. So what are you into? Oh, I like marketing. I like, oh, that's cool. I also get into design every once in a while. Oh, that's great. But like when you see a woke person, I already know like 80% of what you find important, what you argue about, what you defend. I already know you just by your appearance. You know what I mean? You wear it on your sleeve too much. Again, nothing against. You got to be strategic in, in today's world. You got to have social strategy. You got to be tactful. You got to sneak up on them. And when someone like gets bigoted around you, let's say you go to a bar, right? Yeah, yo, let me tell you something about this woke agenda. And then you just kind of, as a spy, you just say, yeah, tell me, what is it about the woke agenda that bothers you? When these alphabet people are out here emasculating men, I don't understand. I'm actually worried for what kind of reality is my children about to grow up in and then you're just like yeah tell me more about this fear you have right yeah and then you like gather ammunition and then when it's your turn to get on the soapbox there's men out there that believe that children should be fear-mongered because of sexual preferences and i believe that you shouldn't be feeling fear but rather rejoice at the fact that your children are now being more accepting of a developing society. You see how I did that? Did you see how I did that? Okay, that's because you listened to somebody's concern first. All right? That's the secret of communication. It's not about you yapping about what you believe in right off the bat. You got to take it slow. You got to listen to what you're up against first. And you, you can't be like, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say, no, be like, huh? Yeah, tell me more. Got it. So that when you open your mouth as a rebuttal, It'll come out way better. And then even the other person was like, hey, you make a point. All right, fair enough. I'll tell you guys a story. So again, I have nothing against the whole thing, right? Like I get it. You have your 
way of living. It's fine. I, it's cool with me. All right. So I just, well, I don't want to come off like I'm here, like, you know, attacking. I'm not. I'm just making fun of this pattern. Right. So I go to this. When I was last in Seattle, it was like three, four years ago. So I think it was before the pandemic. It was 2019. And I went to this restaurant. It was amazing. Like the food there was so, the, the food in Seattle, by the way. Let me just segue here. The food in Seattle is so delicious. It's so good because when you're out in the cold and you're way in the corner of America and there's no other like place to go, like you bunker up, like you, you cook, man. And if you don't think white people can cook, go to Seattle. Try the white people food over in Seattle. Absolutely delicious. They use spices. They bring in other cultures. They do some fusion shit, but it's not pretentious fusion. It's not like a place that they charge you $200 for some sashimi with some seaweed on the side and they just name it something fancy. All right, $200. No, they like, they put food together. This is amazing. It's the cold. All right, so Seattle food is amazing. But there was this one restaurant that I remembered I went to. I stumbled in drunkenly one night. And I tried some of the food. It's like, then I got to come. I got to fly back here just to eat this again. And it was like some curry dish with this potato shredded bread. It's like bread potato, but it's shredded. So it kind of looks like, I don't know, hash browns, but it's stringy. And so you, you dip it in the thing and you eat it. I was like, oh, this is amazing. It was so good. And so when I went back to Seattle, I was looking for this place. I go in man. they turn it into an LGBTQ bar. I'm not complaining. All right, I'm gonna go in. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I just say my people. No, I'm gonna go in. But then I fucked up because my gut said, This isn't your scene. This is their scene. You going in there, you'll be an outsider. So, anyways, I go into this LGBTQ and even my gut says, This isn't, these aren't my folks. I'm gonna be like, like an outcast here. And I'm like, You know what, Manny? Yeah, don't think about that, man. Just go in there and see if they still got that good food you like. So I go in. It's kind of empty. The place is small. And there's a trans lady like really tall, very tall, bulky trans lady. And she's doing bingo night. And I didn't notice this right off the bat. Like I'm looking at the menu, but then like when she goes, oh, look, we have somebody new coming in and joining us for bingo night. And I'm like, hey, everybody. Yeah, here's a small six people there. Hey, everybody, yeah, it's good to be here. Great food. I just want to try some food here. And then she started picking on me. She's like, right, why don't you come up and join us? All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we're going to call it Ask a Straight Guy. All right. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm going to go up. I'm going to treat this as an open mic. This is my time to kind of get some jokes in, some crowd work in. So I'm like, all right. So she starts like asking, she's being, growing up in times like these, do you really think that heterosexual homosexuality is something that is normal here in America? And I go, all right, first of all, I just want to clarify that not all hetero people are, are, are homophobic. All right. So I have no problem being here getting drunk with you. She goes, yeah, but the thing is, we as the LGBTQ community actually just want to know, being head, is it is the sex life really as good as ours? There's just some random picking on me. Oh, you're straight and, he, and you're here. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what your preferences are. I just got into Seattle. I heard that 80% of you guys got the COVID vaccine. And I'm pretty sure that's easy to do since you guys aren't afraid of heroin needles. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Thank you. Please have a seat. Wow. Awkward. I don't even know. Why would you bring up heroin? Why would you bring up that I'm a hetero guy in your establishment? Huh? And so then they kicked me out. They kicked me out because I was roasting them back. They didn't expect me to do that. They didn't expect me for me to be like, ah, oh, you're ripping me. I'm ripping. You know what I'm saying? But I digress. Look, man, 
we're in different times. People want to share their beliefs. People want to be who they want to be. You can, you're allowed to do that. It's when you start, you start doing it to someone else that doesn't believe in what you believe in. That's silly. Can we find common ground elsewhere? No, no. It's got to be this and this only. Who did you vote for? It doesn't matter. I'm trying to eat curry. Yeah, they want to impose. Exactly. Like they, getting back to the toxic thing. Here's, a, here's, here's what I'm trying to get at. Getting back to the toxic thing that I'm trying to tell you guys is that people were treated a certain way. And then when they see something that subconsciously reminds them of that one time that they were treated like that, they then project onto that person. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at this person for roasting me because I did get her, get her back. I clapped back, which I'm very proud of. And it was fun. But at the same time, I don't blame her for doing that. She must have had some hard times getting into who she wanted to be. Either her parents, her brother, some guy that she met, whatever it may be, she projected onto me. And I just, I just want to be like, look, I didn't hurt you. Somebody else did, but it wasn't me. You must have read a comment on social media and think I wrote it. I didn't write that shit. It wasn't me. All right. What I did say is that you may have tried heroin at some point, just statistically speaking. That's all I'm saying. Everyone, 80% of you guys got a shot. There's a heroin epidemic here. I'm assuming, statistically speaking, you have tried heroin once in your life here in Seattle. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. That's the only statement I've made here thus far. That is it for the Miami Comedy Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on YouTube. We're also on Spotify and all streaming platforms. I'll see you on the next episode.